All right, welcome everybody. This is Podcast and Nets Not So Deep Thoughts. I'm your host, Deepu Kuchipurambo. Uh, and this is following up on the episode uh, with Chris Martisich. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and check it out. You get to hear uh, his journey of uh, faith um, and wrestling with uh, wrestling with his faith and uh, coming coming into uh, ministry in the church. Uh, Chris currently now is working at a high school, um, partially as a religion teacher and uh, a campus minister, and really delving into that uh, new new form of minute new new a different type of ministry um uh, really just getting to know uh groups of teens throughout an entire year on like an everyday thing you know i think about that sometimes like oh man you know we, when i was in ministry full time and you know we'd plan uh youth nights and stuff and it was only once it was once a week but you know you're planning doing all this stuff for like an hour of time with them and you know, I would once in a while think about teachers who have to, you know, plan an hour with, you know, a few times over every single day. And, you know, I know it is a little bit different because the classroom setting, you know, you don't have to try to, you don't have to try to, you know, engage them in such a way and welcome them in such a way that they want to keep coming back because in school you kind of have to just keep coming back. So you don't have to, you know, quote unquote, deal with that aspect of, all right, how do we make this something that's really welcoming and engaging? So they want to come back and they want to invite their friends. Um, but as a teacher, I mean, you gotta, you have to plan constantly and deal with, you know, 30 ish students on your own, you know, whereas in the youth group, you usually have at least a team of people to plan this out. And so it's, it, it's just funny thinking about that again and how, you know, it takes so much effort and time to plan a youth night. Um, and yet, like, how much do teachers really have to plan and stuff to, uh, again, I know there are uh, very different um, approaches for it. Then it made me also think about how you know, with that, how do we engage these teens? How do we make them feel welcome and stuff? And, you know, it's, you know, in Chris's experience that when he was a youth, you know, there was already this youth group going and he got kind of tricked in. He, uh, he says he got tricked into being brought in and stuff. Um, and he already knew people there, but he didn't want to come back. And then later on, he was welcomed by one of the other leaders um, and he, and, and the, and the teens were kind and stuff and he really enjoyed their authenticity. How do we, how do you as a minister, how do you promote that type of environment? Uh, because I know that there were times in my ministry where we did a really good job of it. We had a great team that was very welcoming and they would be engaging and they'd see the new teens who would show up and they try to engage with them and connect them. But then there were times where we weren't and it was it felt like it was only me if I was paying attention to it and trying to connect with those teens who just came on their own or whatever for the first time. And, you know, if I, I know that if I was a teen and I decided to come to a youth group one night or I was forced to or whatever, and I it feels like it doesn't matter whether I am there or not for to from anybody else that's there, whether it's leaders or teens, 
you know, that would be a huge sign of why would I want to, like a question for me of why would I want to go back where it doesn't really seem to matter where, whether I'm there or not. And so just kind of curious, how, how, how do you as a minister, how do you as a team or volunteer or whoever you are, like, what do you do to welcome them and make them feel like, hey, you are important and we love that you are here, you know, because there's always so many other things going on. And if you don't have a great big core team, you know, and you only have a few people, then you're already busy doing all the other stuff of running whatever session is happening or doing whatever, or setting up for the next thing. And so a lot of times like, oh, hey, great to meet you. I'll talk to you later or whatever. And then that can seem like somebody could feel like they're being brushed off, you know, and do you have like a set person or persons who are doing that? But then even if a teen is, you know, welcomed and feels important from a leader, you know, a big part of youth group stuff is, you know, building that community. And yes, you might engage with them as an adult, but having them feel like they're part of the community with with their peers is also important, like equally, if not more so important to making them want, making them feel like they want to keep coming back and that they, they belong there because, you know, at some point, you know, your, their relationship with the other teens is what should be growing and growing and growing so that they can grow and be accountable to each other and support each other in their faith journeys. So how do you, like, what is that, what does that look like for your ministry? And if it's not part of your ministry, if that's not something you're paying attention to, it is something that is really important that needs to be paid attention to, especially in this post-COVID time where, you know, there's a whole lot of more social anxiety and awkwardness um, for our youth um, to make them feel like this is important for them to come to and that they are important. So things to kind of think about, and this expands beyond youth ministry stuff, right? This goes into just like being a parishioner. Like, you know, if you're going to a new church, you know, and you walk in and, you know, there's part of it where it's like, you know, I'm coming for mass and, you know, you don't need necessarily, not everybody needs that, but being part of a parish is being part of a community and how do we engage and how do we make those who are coming in who are new families or whatever uh, feel welcome and connect them uh, with people who are in their same space of life if that makes sense right you don't want to just say like oh you're an adult let me connect with this other adult if you go though you guys are in completely different stages like you are a retired person and you are a new dad or new mom or whatever like yes they can connect and maybe there's something that they do connect over but overall you know like I know for me, with young kids, I would like to connect with other families who have kids about the same age because then we're kind of in that same stage of life. And, you know, it'd be great to have my kids know and connect with other kids their age who are in the same parish, uh, especially with our kids going to a public school where they don't necessarily have that uh, in their school community. Um, so wanting to give them and provide them with that more. Um, and so just across all ministries, how do we engage the newcomers, the people who come for the first time, um, and make sure that they feel wanted, we, that they feel loved, and connect them with the uh, the people that are already part of the parish, that are part of the community, or part of the youth group, who are, who, um, are in that same space, right? You know, connecting a freshman with a senior can be great, you know, maybe you have some youth junior leaders or whatever you want to call them who are, 
you know, who are kind of in charge of that. They're like, oh, they see the new ones and they connect with them. But those seniors are going to graduate and the freshmen are going to be like, by the next year, if they haven't connected with anybody else, their age or close by, like they're going to feel almost lost or alone the next year. Yeah, they might know familiar faces, but how do they really have that solid sense of belonging and like being connected? So how do we connect them with somebody their age um, or who's not going to be gone the next year? Um, Because that would happen also where, you know, they'd be connected with somebody and then that person, that leader or whatever, or maybe that teen would graduate or move away or they'd, you know, like, all right, I need to stop doing this ministry. I need to focus on something else right now. And then that person doesn't have that connection. So not just having somebody to connect with, but then also helping them feel like no matter who's there, they are connected. They are part of this. You know, how do we, how do we help them feel that way? How do we help them know this? Because our faith is not just me. I mean, our faith slightly is, you know, it's me and God, but also, you know, God didn't create us in silos and, you know, he gave us a church because of the community, because of the support, because of the love that is meant to be there to help each other along the way. And so that needs to be reflected in our ministries. Within this ministry of hospitality, you know, it, you, you got to find those people. It can't just be anybody. Like for me, myself, I can be, you know, somewhat, I, I could be insecure. I could be intimidate, intimidated, also intimidating, um, but intimidated by going up to somebody I don't know and trying to connect with them and have a conversation with them. Um, and I think some that can show because I'm not like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And then if I can't think of somebody to talk about, then it's like, ah, okay, let me, you know, I mean, who can I pass you off to? Not because I don't, um, not because there's anything wrong with them, but because in my own like nervousness and stuff, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And there should be somebody better. Like, and there are people who, it doesn't matter who they come in contact with. There are just some people who are graced with this, who are, who just have this ability to just connect and, you know, they have this bright smile and just welcoming attitude that just says, Hey, and they are sincere. It's not this fake thing. You know, sometimes you can see that and, you know, and, but there are people who are gifted with this, who just, you know, they just make people feel important. And so finding those people, recruiting those people like if you think about the people at your parish who are those people who you know who are just like oh man like every time I see them I just feel like there's nobody else that they need to focus on or nothing else they need to do you know and that's their role they don't have all this other stuff where they're setting up other things or planning or prepping or running other parts of the ministry like that is their thing like you know and you find those leaders and you find those teens who are already part of your group who do that and you like give them that you know, you give them that role of, hey, this like this is this is your role and this is important. This is not just like, oh, hey, just stand in the door and say welcome. Like you are you they are there to be that Christ. Like, how does Christ welcome us? Like Christ is always open to us, always there for us, always ready for us. No matter what situation we're in, Christ is there for us. Um you know, he already kind of know he already knows what we need before we ask of it. And, you know, there are those people who have that ability to say, you know, they see somebody and they start talking to them and they're like, oh, this person just needs me to listen or, oh, hey, this person, you know, needs me to sit with them or to go. Uh, this person needs whatever it is like there are those people who are that. Um, and so finding those people uh, 
can be really important. Like a lot of times in ministry, it's just like, we just need people to say yes. Like whoever says yes, great. And we'll just take them and we'll just put them in this very generic role of catechist or minister kind of thing. And, you know, oftentimes I wonder if that's really how ministry should be done or if it should be like, oh, hey, yes, great. You said yes. What are your strengths? Let's put you in that role. So not only are we, you know, uh, are you doing the work that like best suits you, but it also fulfills you more because you're not doing something that isn't you, you know? And sometimes in ministry, you know, when somebody first comes in, they're not sure what their strengths are. You know, when I first started doing ministry, I never wanted to give the talks. I never wanted to do any of those things. Um, and now it's one of the things, uh, I know that I'm called to do. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have figured that out if I wasn't forced to do those things. Um, so in some cases, you know, you gotta, if some people have to do things they haven't done before or things that they don't necessarily want to do in order to figure out what they are called to do. And I'll leave you with this quote, uh, from the letter to the Hebrews, uh, chapter 13, verse two, do not neglect hospitality for through it, some have unknowingly entertained angels. Uh, and just as a reminder that, you know, and uh, this is nothing new, obviously, but you know, we, we don't know what's going on in the lives of the people that we meet. And oftentimes we're so burdened with what we have planned and what we have to do that to take the time to talk to somebody we don't know, even if they're coming to our youth group, you know, can sometimes feel like a burden or just feel like an inconvenience, uh, because it will stop us from doing what we had planned, you know, and sometimes those things, are the most important things. Um, it's something I struggle with. You know, people would always say like, Oh my gosh, like Tipu, you know, you give so much to the church, like blah, blah, blah. You're so like generous with your time. And it's like, I was working for the church. Like this was something I was supposed to do. But when it came to like something that was out of the way or something that would be an inconvenience or wasn't going with what I had already had planned, like I would struggle and I still struggle with giving that time and just being like, Oh wait, no, you know, like I, I, it was very easy to reason and make excuses and to justify why I can't do this thing. Like, Oh, there's somebody on the side of the road. Well, I really need to get home because of this reason. So I can't stop and help them. Or, Oh, you know, there's this thing that I could go help out with, but then that means I got to go and do this. And then I have to figure out this. So, you know, that doesn't make sense. You know, there's somebody else who will do it or something like that. Um, you know, and so when it comes to like, oh, well, I should really sit and talk to this teen. It's like, well, I'm supposed to go and do this other thing and stuff, you know, and part of it comes from trying to make sure we have a big enough team to where, you know, when one person stops to do something uh, unplanned, the rest of the night can keep going, you know, that it all doesn't depend on one person to make sure everything is run properly, Um you know, and you know, that takes time and that takes a lot of effort to do all that recruiting stuff. Um, cause even recruiting can be something that is inconvenient and takes away from other things that, you know, you need to get done. Um, but when we build a strong foundation, you know, our ministries can thrive, um, thrive even more so. And so stopping like, Oh, there's a teen that really needs to be like, he, they look like they need somebody to just sit and be present with them. Let me do that. And you know, everything else will kind of figure out or, you know, we can delay this or push this off or whatever, you know, and trying to make sure that we're being present to where Christ is calling us to be present, not just to where we have planned to be present. 
So just something to think about over, you know, the next few weeks, months, whatever it is. Um, if it's something you're doing well, like what is it? How does that work? How does that look? Um, if it's something you haven't really paid attention to, is it something that you need to start paying attention to? Is it a part of the ministry that is missing that needs to be addressed and looked into? I hope you guys uh, got something out of this. Have a wonderful and blessed week wherever you are. Subscribe if you haven't. Um, share it. Share this if you think somebody can get something out of it. If you don't think so, then don't share it. You know, I, I want to do this because it helps others and not just it's not for myself so have a great week that's the show and thanks for listening podcast the net is part of the collective known as home depot ministries you can find that collective of one person at homedepot.com may the lord bless and keep you may he shine his face upon you and be gracious to you may he look upon you kindly and give you peace